Welcome to the fifth episode of Vista Mall 2020 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Holmstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian who might be 28, but knows how to work a projector thanks to it being modern technology in Canada, Logan Saunders. <laughs> Good morning. As promised, you did not get a Malushka quote this week. No, it's a Malushka-free week. It is, it's a buddy week this week instead. And we're going to start the same way we started last week. Where in the world is Logan Saunders, and what has he been up to? Uh, still in the Philippines. Actually, I fly out later today. I'm going to be meeting Ruvilson from The Amazing Race Asia, the guy with the best race average of any team on the planet. So that's going to be fun today. And let's see what I did the past week. I was in the Philippines too last week, wasn't I? It was like just after I got back from India. Yeah, it's Tuesday we so, rerouted. Right. So we just got back from India after being rerouted due to coronavirus. Uh, then we went up to, we did a couple of outings here in Manila, went to the Intramuros, which was the Spanish, uh, colonial zone back in the 16, 1700s. And then we went up to where, uh, Gian's, uh, some of her friend, well, where all of her siblings and extended family lives as well as, uh, a lot of her friends from back in the day. So we visited a lot of them, uh, for about three days. Uh, came back from there yesterday, then hung out with a couple of her uh, co-workers, hung around the BGC. A lot of stuff is set up for Valentine's Day. And here we are today as I prepare to meet Reveal Sin and fly back to Canada today. Did you do any media? Yes, yes, I did. I completely forgot about that. That's how busy it's been. Uh, right when we went to Gian's hometown, uh, one of her friends that she used to work with about 15, 10 to 15 years ago, has now become a radio DJ at a local station here in the Philippines and asked if I wanted to appear on their radio show to talk about travel and apparently about food. So they put aside like a 20-minute radio spot and it's been their most viewed uh, radio segment, it seems like, from the past few weeks, if not the past couple of months. Awesome. Yeah. And meanwhile, we have had a massive storm that hit today, and it's oh, really? genuinely awful outside, yeah. I've had to close my window, because it's far too warm in this room right now, but I've had to close the window, because you would 100% be able to hear it. I was woken up to the sound of uh, our recycling being falling over this morning, and glass going everywhere. What a great soundtrack. Yeah, it's a, a really pleasant soundtrack to wake up to at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And I think back in Vernon, it's like 10 degrees below zero and snowing again while I've been gone. Apparently, it's still going to be shit weather uh, when I land back home. Well, it is genuinely this windy that a new subsonic record for New York to London was set last night. Because there was a BA flight that did it in four hours and 56 minutes from New York to London. (laughs) What? It got across the ocean that quickly. Mm, there were three flights last night from New York to London that all did it under five hours. Bearing in mind the previous record was about 5.20. Just from the headwind? Yeah, just from the sailwind from uh, from Storm Kira. So, yes, yeah, it's windy. <laughs> yeah, because normally a flight like that would... I know from, like, Calgary to London is about eight or nine hours? It's about six or seven from New York, I think. It's, yeah. it's faster going east than it is west. Right. Because you do get a little bit of a jet stream, but yeah, the fact they did in under five hours is very, very, very impressive. I wish they can do that for my 14-hour Manila flight to Vancouver today. 
At least you're not changing in Hong Kong. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what's going to happen when I land in Vancouver. If they're like, oh, have you been to Hong Kong, Macau, or China? And it's like, well, over two weeks ago, I spent an hour and a half in Hong Kong, but there's no real record of it. So I don't know if I'm going to get into a shit ton of trouble if I say that I was there, even if it was just for an hour and a half. Have you got a stamp in your passport? No. Then you don't have to tell them. Deny, deny, deny. Yeah, because otherwise they might say, oh, you have to go under self-quarantine and not go into your workplace for a week, whatever the hell it could be. Granted, at that point, it's probably already the 14-day period has passed. So, V's to Mull. So previously, Johan smashed things both when he was doing a mission and when he wasn't. Luckily, the vase he smashed was very ugly. Someone hung a key back to confuse, and everyone had the choice to stop the execution. They did, so nobody went home, and all seven candidates continued on to episode five. And the episode title this time is To Touch, which, weirdly, Marika didn't translate. I had to go searching oh. And Nathan opens the episode by saying he's glad he's halfway through the adventure and wants to be treasurer for a while. And Johan says everyone thinks differently to one another. Yeah, people have different perspectives. That's his big moment of enlightenment for this week. Yeah, the thing is, it's Johan most people think differently to. Because most people actually want to earn money. <laughs> and think correctly about things. You know, some people think really wrong about things, and everyone else thinks about it correctly. We all have very different perspectives. And for some reason on the bus, he reveals that he has a yoker, and it's one of the big ones from last year that got opened, which contained a uh, a Vrystelling. He chose not to open it up? Well, he didn't get the option, but it's the first yoker we've actually seen this season. Yeah. There haven't been many advantages yet. Well, all of them are nullified in week one. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob suspects that Johan is the only person with anything... But do you use a black exemption just to nullify one yoker? That is the big question. And one yoker from Johan. Exactly. Johan is 100% not the mole, especially as we find out by the end of this week. <laughs> yeah, no, we have confirmation. <laughs> but, you know, even when he was in the game, you kind of know he's not the mole. He's just a klutz. And on day nine, they had to Luau Yang for the first assignment and get to go inside the opera house. And there will be a special performance starring all of them, because there are six laser circles with assignments in them. And in each circle is an assignment that earns money, and one person will be wandering around, and they've got 40 minutes to complete as many assignments as possible. Each one is worth €250 for the pot. (sighs) I just know that when they reveal this in five weeks, there's going to be some connection to the mole with probably all of these. With the slides, yeah, with the tape. The thing is... They put Super Mario World in there for some reason, and it's not blatantly obvious. I like how some of them made terrible jumps in Super Mario World. Yeah, I was going to say, Super Mario World is quite a modern game for Canada, so this is probably di- the the task that you would excel at on them all. I, I used to try and do like speedruns of Super, Mar- Super Mario World, where I was able to get every single exit in under four hours. That's quite impressive. It took a lot of practice. Just just do it blind. It's almost like you can do it blindfolded at, at certain points, just by pure instinct and muscle memory from 25 years. <laughs> I just don't have the hand-eye coordination for it, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm a terrible mess when it comes to this sort of stuff. Well, it would have been hilarious is if they made them do the tubular level over and over again, because that's the toughest level in the game. That's where you have to perfectly time getting those uh, parachutes to get across all of the tubes. What they should have done is just brought out the lost levels. 
If they're doing too well, you're going to get the lost levels and have to complete three of them. Have fun. Poison mushroom? <laughs> what is this shit? So Johan starts in the Builder Projector Circle, Leonie in the Search the Films for Photos with You and the Candidates Who've Gone Home one, and she has to create the family photo from the first episode on the screens to earn her money, and the time code of the ten DVDs that she's got corresponds with people's dates of birth. Malishka starts out in the middle, but he has to build a radio and tune it to a Chinese radio station, Clace has to watch a film and answer questions on it, Rob has to play Super Mario World and get to the end of World 3, Nathan has to listen to a taped message and transfer it to another one, and... They have to swap when their circle's open. The circle? Hey, circle. Winking face emoji, send. Swap with buddy and message. I actually love how we've got 297 episodes and never mentioned the circle and my circle story. (laughs) (laughs) Because the circle obviously was far better than it had any right to be on the Netflixies, and I have seen all the episodes now. Um, But they tried to recruit me for the first UK one. (laughs) And that was just last year, right? Uh, two years ago. 2018 it was. I did let them ring me, and they tried to vaguely explain the show to me, and I said, thanks but no thanks, because they were being very coy about what the show actually was. They mentioned that you'd all be isolated in apartments, they mentioned there'd be a revolutionary social media platform, but they didn't tell us anything else. And I'm like, uh, you're hiding something here. It's not for me. And I don't think I would have worked well with the isolation, to be honest. What if there was just a, if you were allowed to bring your 3DS? Mm. If I was allowed to bring my Switch, maybe. But also, I wouldn't be communicating with anyone. I'd just be hooking it up to the HDMI. If I did it now, I'd just bring Animal Crossing New Horizons in when that comes out in, like, six weeks. Or let you edit all the podcasts. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all they need to do. They just need to let me do podcasts. Give me Vistamol, Demol Belgi, maybe Amazing Race if I'm a glutton for punishment, and just let me podcast about them. <laughs> Could you imagine everyone else was chatting? Everyone else was like, man, this Michael guy is really antisocial in the circle. He hasn't messaged anyone in seven days. Here's the question, though, Saunders. If they did a Circle Canada and you got on, would you play as yourself? I think so. I wouldn't. Not a chance. I would catfish the hell out of that show. I don't know who I would catfish as, but I would not play as myself. Play as the former convicted serial killer. Jeffrey has added you through a private chat. <laughs> Prepare to be blocked. <laughs> so Rob and Malushka both love Super Mario, and Yoan manages to touch a laser because he's a klutz and eliminate himself. And Buddy says he's 24 and doesn't know how to work a projector. What's funny is that a lot of people nowadays, like rich young guys, have projectors. They have the projector TVs now. I mean, those are very much a thing. But the biggest crime of this entire challenge for me is that Leone doesn't know her old mole presenters. Peter Yan was the first mole host? What? It's a crime that she doesn't know it's Angela, Carol, Peter Yan, Art, and then Rick. Yeah, it's only five hosts to go through. Exactly, and all of them are legends. Maybe she just prefers American reality TV where they... All three of the major shows, Survivor, Amazing Race, and Big Brother, stick with the same host for 20 years. I don't know why, with Dutch Mole, there's such high turnover for hosts, but yet, in the States, Phil Kogan, Julie Chen, and Jeff Probst, none of them have given up their jobs after 20 years. I think it's because they are all famous for other things as well. Because, like, Angela's a 
pretty successful singer and has now actually been on like X Factor and The Voice, I think, in Holland. And also she's responsible for the wonderful version of Private Dancer that I recommend every single person Googles because it's amazing. I really wouldn't be surprised if she turns up on Mass Singer soon as well. Just putting that out there for when she inevitably actually does it this year and I can look really smug. But yeah, like they all tend to be journalists and stuff, whereas yes, Phil does other things, but Probst really doesn't. Julie really doesn't anymore. Well, Julie Chen and Jeff Probst both try to do talk shows. Yeah, and to be fair to Phil as well, he probably should find a second job because Amazing Race got cancelled. Yeah, what is... Now it's... Season 32 is not going to air till at least summer, is what they said. And supposedly season 33 was supposed to already start filming a month ago. After it's already been delayed for over... It finished filming in October of 2018. I like how... It's kind of funny with... I know this is a bit of a sidebar, but... It's kind of funny how the reason why fans are upset it's not on is... oh. It's it's terrible for the contestants who have to wait a year and a half to get their money from the show. And everyone else is like, that's a very weird reason to be upset about why your favorite show isn't on. So, Nathan also touches the beam, so he eliminates himself. And Rob tells Leonie that the Mario assignment is to stay in the third level, not to beat it. And he then answers all three of the questions that everyone else was stuck on. And Milushka gets herself eliminated for not leaving her circle. And the time is up, and they only completed one of the six assignments, which was the game of Super Mario World, so in 250 euros of a possible 1500. And then they play the underground level soundtrack uh, repeatedly. They do, but it's a really jazzy version. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a really good version of it. I'm like, they should just use this as, for every episode of V is the Mall, only use songs that were used in various Mario Brothers games. They went through a run for years of getting classic movie soundtrack songs. For example, the one that I highlighted last last week, Looking for Clues from the Godzilla soundtrack. But like in the opener of Japan, I remember there's a piece of music from Harry Potter. So it's nice to see them kind of expand their musical horizons again and go, you know what, we're playing Super Mario World, we say Super Mario a lot in this game, let's just get some stuff from the soundtrack. And there's obviously an abundance of hidden clues with them using Super Mario World. Yeah. I know I'm going to kick myself when I'm in Fondle Park in five weeks' time going, oh, of course I should have spotted that clue. So the second assignment takes place in the wholesale market, where Rick presents them with three letters from a mystery sentence. And they've got 30 minutes to find the rest of the letters in the market in three teams. And there's a total of 1,500 euros available for this challenge. And the teams are Milushka and Buddy, Rob, Clayson and Leone, and Johan and Nathan. They make the teams pretty seamlessly. No real debate as to who's on what team. And I thought Buddy and Milushka were meant to be staying away from each other and trying to get intel on every other team. I guess uh, after five episodes, you just say screw it and you want to do one task together. Especially if you don't think the other person is the mole, you just want that one task where you know you can try and win some money. And I will say, for his sins, Johan quickly realises that the sentence will be Vias de Mol. It's the one good thing he's done in five episodes. And the only one good thing he does in this whole challenge. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Nathan says that he and Johan had a great tactic. No tactic whatsoever. And that wasn't evident. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have no plan at all, and we're going to see how that works out as we collect zero letters after 40 minutes. <laughs> I did say last week that Johan has to be a contender for the worst performer in a single challenge in Vidim history. 
he and Nathan have to be contenders for the worst performance in a challenge in Fears to Mole history because they do nothing. They push a card around. It's just that nothing productive happened. They literally just get in the way. And if that doesn't sum up the entirety of Johan's five-episode journey, I don't know what does. <laughs> he just gets in the way. His whole seven-foot-five frame. The only thing that he could have made this challenge worse is if he started chucking the letters away from the cargo bikes. And out of interest, if you were the mole in this challenge, what would you have done? I guess just not point out any obvious letters as we pass by it to somehow obstruct the other contestants' view. Like, if there's something on my left side for a letter, I'll try and make sure that they can't see it. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking the obvious answer to that question, and the reason that I ask it, is because, yeah, you try and go quickly past letters that you can see, but I'm thinking there's a second layer that the mole could do, which is get as many letters as fast as possible. Because if you can avoid them finding the W, D, and M, then obviously they lose all the money. But if you get loads of letters really quickly, then people won't know where to look for the actual cash. That's right. You could just collect all of the pointless letters and make it seem like you're an all-star with it. Exactly. So the trio find five letters between them, and Milushka and Buddy, as well as solidifying their buncher and agreeing to attack each other in public, find the other two. And Johan, being Johan, basically breaks everything in the market. Other, he just destroys other people's property. <laughs> is this hopefully just 75 euros a piece <laughs> damn it Johan that was last week <laughs> this is a prized antique this has nothing to do with the challenge Johan now we have to pay out this family like 2000 euros at this challenge and they end their half hour missing just one letter which is the W and Rick walks in as they're arguing about who should have got it and more importantly the fact that Nathan and uh, Johan did nothing <laughs> And he says that they now have 10 minutes to find the spots where they found the W, which they didn't, the D and the M, and that is where the cash is hidden. And for some reason, they all go as one group rather than splitting up. What would be funnier is if, like, when they're all angry about Johan and Nathan doing nothing, is if they're like, oh, come on, Nathan, you did nothing in this challenge. Yeah, you you, you didn't do shit. And Nathan says, why are you putting the blame on me? There's Johan. They're like, well, you, you know why. It's all on you. Yeah, you're competent. Yeah. Like, with Johan, our expectations are rock bottom, but with you, you know, we expect you to make something of yourself. And a third interesting sabotage here would be finding the envelope, but taking money out of it. Because if you notice, when Buddy hands over the envelope that he finds, it is unsealed. Ooh. So, if they'd found more envelopes, that could potentially have been a mole action. But yeah. But he finds a 600 euro envelope, which means they earn 600 euros of possible 1500 for this challenge. Yay. At least they find an envelope that had a decent amount of money in it. Because there's 1500 up for grabs, so there would have... I mean, if they all had 600 in it, that would have added up to 1800 It must have been a 400, 500, and 600 then. So at least they found the one with the biggest value, presumably. And then it devolves into another argument where Leone says she doesn't like being blamed for not finding cash, given that her team did so much, and she says that, buddy, stop it, you can be so unkind. Yeah, he's being a douchebag. Why did you guys do nothing when you found five letters? Do I have to do everything by finding two letters and an envelope in this team? God, pull your weight, guys. It's all on my heavy shoulders. 
on my thin Dutch shoulders. My thin Dutch dancer shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> on my thin 24-year-old Dutch shoulders. I don't know why they made a point of repeatedly batting over the head with the fact that uh, Buddy is 24 this week. I don't know, maybe he's a big fan of Jack Bauer. So they all decide to switch rooms, and it's Milushka and Leone pairing up, Buddy and Nathan, and Robin Clace, which of course leaves Johan in a room on his own. Which, to be fair, is probably the safest option, given he can't do any damage if he's not around anyone else. He can only do damage to himself. Like, they have the the call for the next challenge, everyone comes out, where is Johan? And you see, like, a bunch of pots and pans on top of him as he's collapsed underneath a bookcase in his room. Well, we didn't actually see <laughs> Johan in his room, which means very well that they could have just taken him to a padded cell where he just couldn't do any damage. <laughs> in a stray jacket. The world's largest stray jacket in a padded room. <laughs> just take him to the padded cell, it's much easier. <laughs> It's like, it's like, trust me, trust me. It's either that or we pay a hell of a lot of money in insurance to rent this hotel room. He's been red flagged by the Chinese government. So in their room, Leone and Milushka discuss their suspects, and Milushka says that she suspects Johan and Buddy. Buddy and Nathan pair up in room 308, and Buddy claims that he saw Rob run past an envelope. Rob and Clace pair up in 209 and talk about Rob's black exemption and whether he should use it or not. And then Rick introduces day 10 with the same piece of music behind him as he introduced Day 8 last week. Iconic mole music, looking for clues, plays again. And he says that their final assignment in the Botanical Gardens could give them the answers that they seek. But first, a little extracurricular activity, which definitely won't have any relevance to the next challenge. So, in the Botanical Gardens, they are all taught the uh, Mandarin translation for their names, and then for the final challenge, they are taught simple Chinese words, which is three words is the mole. And combining that with their names can reveal who it is, but there is also money involved in this challenge. And individually they are brought to a pagoda where Rick is waiting to give them an offer. Either 250 euros for the pot, or the chance to walk through the park for five minutes where groups of women are practicing Tai Chi. And they are opening and closing fans as they practice their Tai Chi, and on one of the fans is the mole. I hear with Sinan... When he did this challenge, he only chose to walk through the park as a way to get exercise and lose some weight. That is very true. And also to sabotage as many of the fans as he could. You mean like knock the fans down out of the Tai Chi women? Yeah. Sinotage. (laughs) Sinotage. Offending Chinese culture since 2020. (laughs) And I actually have a little bit of inside information on this challenge. Because, as you may have guessed... Other things were written on the fans, and I know for a fact that one of the fans did say is the mole, but it contained the name of a previous mole. Brit Sissing? I'm not saying who that that is, because it spoils the season that you've not seen and I've not seen. But, um, yeah, on the fans that also said is the mole, there were previous mole names, just to add to the fun of it. So presumably there's a current mole, the current mole's name is on one of the fans. Yeah, the current mole's name will have also been on one of the fans, but um, previous mole names were on there, just in case people were only paying attention to the is the mole bit. So your Mandarin knowledge came in handy. Now someone pointed it out on Reddit. <laughs> ah. I just was skimming through Reddit earlier. So, Clace is the first person to get to choose, and he chooses to walk and strolls deeply, because 
there's five groups of about 20 women, all holding fans, all basically saying the same thing. No, I won't go on a date with you, Johan. Johan, I have a restraining order. (laughs) Johan, I want my possessions to be kept intact. Johan, you owe me 75 euros. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it says on all of the fans. Johan, you owe me this much money. Johan, you owe me this. Johan, you owe me uh, child support. <laughs> and the biggest twist of all, Johan is the mole. Yeah, that's on one of the fans. Yeah, he's going to come back in a twist. What it actually said was, Johan is the mole, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah. So, yeah, Kleist chooses to walk, and he struggles, but he thinks he spots Buddy's name on one of the fans. Milushka also chooses to walk, and she realises there are five groups and five minutes, so we arrive at her favourite thing in the whole entire world, running. Buddy chooses to walk, he looks for six signs, as Leone is three, and is the mole who's three, and he also gets a bit more up close with the people doing Tai Chi, and ends up doing Tai Chi with his last group. It really clears the mind. And now, Nathan. Because Nathan is the only person to choose the money, playing for the team, feeling guilty about how he didn't bring any money in the previous day he takes one for the team and puts 250 euros into the pot yeah that's what I was about to say Nathan was awful this week he touched a beam and then he also didn't find any letters so he's climbing up a bit my suspect list because it just seems a bit much to suddenly make up for this with putting just 250 euros in the pot when he probably sabotaged uh, a far more excessive amount in the first two challenges as mole, would you go on the walk or not? It depends if you know already if everyone else has gone for the walk or not. I think the fanatical players definitely go for it, because it's technically the meet the mole challenge of the season. So if you get to a meet the mole challenge, you go, oh my god, I get to do a meet the mole. And it's a challenge. As soon as you turn that corner and realise there's like a hundred people doing Tai Chi, you go, oh, you bastards, you've tricked me. If that's your role, but Nathan's not, a, not being portrayed as a fanatical player. I think the mole probably would go for it on balance. It's just that with Nathan's role, like when he was when he's treasure, how he decided to go for the guaranteed money rather than the value of the porcelain cups and end up losing out on a thousand euros there where he's just trying too hard to be the hero and really he's probably taking more money out of the pot than what he than what he earns. And it's so easy to, to do a challenge with Johan just say, well, I had Johan on my team. What, what did you expect me to do uh, in terms of production? Like, It's like having a, a grown toddler uh, on the mole. So Rob, Johan, and Leone all choose to walk as well. And Rob says 250 euros isn't enough to tempt him not to walk, and he might have thought about it if it was 1,000. And on his attempt, Johan tries to manhandle a fan and then forgets what the word open is. And I did put down, before I found out about the previous mole thing, there's no guarantee that everyone doesn't have a fan saying, name is the mole. Because all Rick said is that one fan would say who the mole was. He didn't say that there wouldn't be one for the remaining six people as well. True, it could have been one for each person. It's the sort of trick I would do, but also I have a suspicion that this is going to be part of the reveal. Well, it has to be. I mean, this was otherwise what was the point of the challenge? They've done a similar style reveal to that. So I think I'm getting like old season vibes from this challenge, which is great because, you know, this challenge was really fun. 
It's a pure character challenge. It's great fun. So, they earn 250 euros of a possible 1750 for the challenge, 1100 of a possible 4750 for the episode, and 8420 of a possible 31460 for the season so far. And they have a picnic in the park to celebrate the end of the third challenge. And it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever makes the most mistakes goes home. The mole never goes home. And in a bit of poetic irony, shall we say, Johan says he's glad that someone is going home and wanted to see his screen last time to see if he's right. But he feels like he's on the right track, and he thinks Leone is the mole, and he's taking a risk because he wants to know whether he's right or not. Leone is onto Buddy and Milushka, and thinks she might have tunnel visi on both of them. Milushka says she's always nervous to test, so she thinks she and Buddy are onto the right mole, and that is Leone. Johan says that Rob, Nathan, and Clace 100% aren't the mole. Clace says that Buddy is the mole because he's suspicious, and he's done spreading, and wants to know whether he's right. And Nathan wants to spread, and has four people on his list. Leone, Buddy, Johan, and Milushka. Rob says it's useful if you're mole to have someone more suspicious than you, but if Buddy does it constantly, he's 100% suspicious, and he plays his black exemption. And then Rob, Buddy, and Clace all get green screens before Johan gets the red one and goes home. So no one has gone all in on one person yet, right? No. I think this could be another season where we only have one person who correctly identifies the mole. Because yeah, a lot of people are still really indecisive and splitting between... Well, who is splitting between three people? Is that the most anybody's going for right now? Nathan was between four. Four, yes. Yeah, so At final seven. <laughs> four out of the other six players you suspect is the mole. Be funny, once it gets down to final five, he still keeps with the same four. <laughs> I think everyone could be the mole. Can't rule anybody out. Might not be me, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is me. Maybe I should split it between myself. <laughs> and Leone says that she didn't want to cry on the show but she cries over the loss of her boncher with Johan and he says he didn't play the yoker which means Rob's black exemption was for nothing but he does get a souvenir to go home with and for some reason Rob tells everyone he had the black exemption not so much for a secret especially when two other people already knew prior to the execution I wonder if everyone cried because their free pass just got eliminated like oh no now the game starts for real now oh no I I actually have to personally be suspicious instead of letting <laughs> Johan do it. Yeah. My shield. So next time, everyone searches for a phone in a field, which is in the intro. Nathan shepherds a tour group. Leone doesn't believe Buddy. Rob gets lost. And someone goes home. Which is the first next time trailer this season where we've had confirmation someone's going home. Do you think it's a Huawei phone? It's an iPhone. Okay. That makes sense. It's only one of the two in China, is Huawei or, or uh, Apple products. Yeah, it's um, it's in the intro, because I pointed it out a couple of weeks ago, if you remember. Something I did forget to mention last week is the fact that there was a wonderful bonus clip that was released online, which is Leone and Johan in their hotel finding out that their names are on the rumoured cast list for Vidim. So they're both lay in bed, looking on the laptop, and Johan spots the rumoured cast list for, um, for Vidim and sees both of their names on it. While they're filming? While they're filming, yeah. But my question is, how are they still allowed laptops? Because they've never been allowed laptops in the past. Maybe that was the challenge was, hey, you're in China, here's this laptop, try and connect to the internet and access information. Try and get through the Great Firewall. Yeah. <laughs> The creep firewall, yeah, exactly. So, who do you suspect? 
Well, my top three would be Raw because a lot of suspicious things always happen around him. Uh, Nathan's in my top three because I feel like he's trying too hard to play for the team when there's been a lot of money taken out of the pot because of him over the past two to three weeks. And I feel like he's just trying too hard to throw me off the trail. And then, of course, Malushka because it's Malushka. And because she messed up once again this week with being out of the challenge right before it was over. And my suspects are exactly the same they always have been. <laughs> Feeling like I'm definitely in a tunnel vizier, but uh, Milushka, Leone, and Buddy, in some order, are my top three. Man, it's going to be brutal for you once you get to final three, because then you have to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> and I do have to mention it, you are now down to one team member in your pool. Do you want to use your Switch? But do you know how brutal it's going to be if I use my Switch and then that person ends up being the mole? That's the thing. I know. But I have to ask it, because there's two weeks left. You very well could lose your entire team from next week. I don't know. I thought Clace was for sure going to go this week because of the sun boost and airtime, and then he gets saved. I mean, I'm not leading the witness. It's up to you. <laughs> but I have to ask. Yeah, and you still got all three of your people intact? Yep. <laughs> Michelle has two, and I have one. Uh, and you're going to be so damn smug if me and Michelle lose the, the next three people all in a row. Yeah, I am. You're right. I'm 100% going to be so smug if my team is the final three. <laughs> Purely by fluke. No, you have to say, no, I deduced that from the first episode. Oh, no, it'll be entirely fluky. It'll be great. It's exactly how I want to win the predictions pool, is doing it completely, stumbling out backwards into who the mole is. Anyway, it's your call. You tell me, I'll move on if you if you want me to. I th I'll keep with Clace for today. Okay. Who do you think is going home? Clace. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought Clace was for sure going to go this week, but he had a decent amount of airtime, and he wasn't executed. I think the Malushka-Buddy alliance will be split up next week. I think Buddy. Maybe it's Buddy's time. On his 25th birthday. Purely for comedy value, I'm going to go Clace, because how smug would I be if you lose your entire team next week? Yeah. And the one final thing that we do have to mention is the fact that we have started getting hints for Demol Belgi. There was a hint published with the Omega character and the caption 2604-2020. Some people seem to think that that is... Because obviously Omega is the uh, the last letter of the Greek alphabet that that's going to signify. That's when the finale is. I think that that might be when the premiere is going to be. And they are teasing us. Because there is also something else I've found in the long wait that I had for you to actually turn up this evening. And that is that Kinepolis have an event called Omega on the 26th of April. With the caption, does this end here? Keep April 26th free. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting. I'm hoping and praying that 26th of April is going to be the premiere date rather than the uh, finale date because it's going to really screw up my life if it's the finale date. <laughs> it would actually kind of somewhat screw up mine too. <laughs> it genuinely would be worst case scenario for me, I think, if it's that early because we will be doing, or I will be doing three episodes a week for four of those weeks. And I'm supposed to not be leaving Southeast Asia until the end of April for the presumed date of the Belgian Mole finale. So I'd have to fix I'd have to fix up my plans a bit. If Gilles is listening, please don't screw us. Please. 
please don't screw up the travel plans of two fans who do not live in Belgium. <laughs> exactly. Think of us first. That's all you have to do. Think of a guy, one guy in Britain and one guy in Canada, when you schedule your the finale date of your most po- of the most popular TV show in all of Belgium. Whilst I'm still actually allowed in the country, please just think of me first. <laughs> oh yeah, because Brexit. Forgot <laughs> about that. Brexit's pushing through. So, have you got anything else to say? Um, no. I think I'm going to have breakfast with GM before I take off tonight. And I'm going to hope and pray that Clace does not go home. Or that none of my suspects go home. I want Buddy to go. Genuinely, like all the grief you gave me for having terrible opinions and terrible instincts on every mole season we've watched together. Next week you could lose them. You could lose your entire team. <laughs> yeah. Dutch Mole has not been too kind to me for two years running, if that's the case. Your team is very much on the bubble for the next two weeks, and it's going to be wonderful. So, thank you for listening to the Vs to Mole recap. We will be back this time next week for another week of mole hunting. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors. Or you can email us, contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter, at logsofgraki, and I am MJ Hamstone. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next flavoring. And keep safe from that coronavirus. And that's a public health announcement from Logan Saunders. Yes. Sponsored by the province of Wuhan.